Praise God. I thank God for this time. I got another opportunity to stand before you and stay and uh, bring the word that God was speaking to me in these days. Uh, before this year, when we start this year, I usually ask God for some messages, but uh, I usually speak from women from the Bible, so different women from the Bible, ministry of the women, or great moms, great sisters. I usually speak about that, but usually they are from, no, uh, from Old Testament. But I found somebody who was very interesting to me. I was so shocked to learn, from, learn about her much deeper, and it really touched me. And I told my husband, I will, we will share together on Valentine's Sunday. So I will speak about her, and uh, he will speak on the, on the husband's side. He will speak for them. But it happened to be we had a, a guest speaker last week, so we didn't end up doing it. So he told me to still share it. Valentine's Day was this week, <laughs> this 14th. So I'm still going to share about that for a while, and then I will have to share something else also. And as you see, the even the I didn't get a good um, title at that time. I just put reformed. Hallelujah! My husband was talking about the revival. I'm going to speak about that a little bit at the end. So, as uh, we all know, feminist movements are springing up and show their muscles. Should we hide in a cave because they are there? We see that women today reach very high places. There are female police officers, female construction workers, female pilots, female sanitation workers, female politicians, female CEOs of prominent companies. But church still is using the excuse of women should be silent. This is a hard topic to talk especially an Indian woman came from Kerala, India. It's very hard to speak about. But I decided to speak about it. I might be hearing some criticism about it, but I did have to, I have to. It's time for women to rise up. Amen. Amen? That's why I had to speak about this. And Apostle Paul, who wrote the women to be silent in the church, had a women apostles and women ministers and women leaders in his own team. If you check it out, what does that mean? When he said women should be silent and learn from their husband is to address a problem in Corinthian church. And he wants to bring order in the midst of chaos. That's why he said that. But we use in many churches used, even in our churches in India, used to use that an excuse that women shouldn't be in the pulpit, women shouldn't even lead the worship, women had no right to be in the church to speak. I came from that background. So I will tell you what happened, why everything changed in my life. Here is one of the women leader in Paul's team I'm going to talk about. Priscilla is her name. Many of you are familiar with that name. 
but when you read and when you study about her she was just more and more than a, she was just more than a, she was more than a ministry leader with a apostle paul she was perhaps one of the most influential women in the early church she partnering with paul to pioneer churches in three of the most important cities of the roman empire she proved herself to be an adept teacher then there is substantial evidence that she was she is the mysterious author of the epistle of hebrews i know some of us don't agree with that but i'm going to give you the argument in a minute her life and legacy is an inspiration to women in ministry today and much can be learned from her example ancient church history says that the name of priscilla has been found in multiple locations inscribed in monuments roman monuments one of the earliest churches in rome even called the home they have been found her name saint priscilla according to the tradition i'm sure it is the catholic church saying that priscilla was the first woman martyr in rome and she was burned to death in romans we can open the bible and see in romans chapter 16 verse 3 the apostle paul refers to priscilla as one of her one of his co-workers in christ jesus who was willing to risk her life and worthy of gratitude from both paul and the gentile churches scripture indicates priscilla and her husband her husband's name was aquila so it's aquila and priscilla they accompany paul as a fellow tent makers and not only that they help him plant churches in corinth and in rome and in ephesus and they were the most prominent cities of roman empire priscilla was one more than just a coworker to paul remember they were in um, 1 corinthians in um, acts chapter 18 we can see that how paul went and lived with them so they were you know what they were doing tent makers they were tent makers so he was working with them as tent maker but at last they were living together for one and a half years paul lived there in their house and did the bible class that's what we see in the bible priscilla was not just a co-worker to paul she was loved so much by paul and an intimate friend that's why priscilla was used one of his letters he said prisca he called her such a sweet name prisca affectionate name in fact paul refers to priscilla and aquila in his letters more than anyone else other than timothy you know timothy was his spiritual son so she was mentioned they were mentioned so many times by, by paul so how can paul say women should be silent in the church that's what caught my attention he he had many women even deacons and elders were with him working in his team so we know he was not talking about women should be silent forever he was trying to address a problem in the church now one of the most fascinating theories about priscilla is that she people believe in these days that she was the author of hebrews 
I was always believing that Paul was the author of Hebrews. But they give so many reasons over there and um, about her authorship. You don't have to take it. It is only a possibility. So I will just to re- I will just tell you what makes her people think. Now theologians believe she might be the author for that um, specific letter. Hallelujah. And because Paul was considered as the letter because it was so rich. Hebrews epistle to Hebrews were very rich letter. That's why they were thinking that Paul wrote this letter. But certain details of the letter are not not consistent with the, it is Paul. Usually when Paul writes, he has a certain style. It's an exhortation and argument style he does. For example, chapter Hebrews chapter 2, 3, 2 verse 3 says that this salvation which was first announced by the Lord and confirmed to us by those who heard him. In other words, it says that somebody came to me and asked, I, we became Christians because somebody who saw Jesus. We can say that Paul did not see Jesus. Jesus died much before that, so he did not see. That is one of the things. We can see that also Priscilla was converted by Peter when Peter came into Rome. That's what the tradition say. That's what the theologian says. So she was could be an author for that uh, that letter. And another thing we can see that the, her language, her language is so she was not she was a Gentile. She was an Italian woman, and she spoke. She didn't speak Hebrews. So if you really learn, if you go back in Greek language, and you know it was written by Greek, in Greek language, if you really learn that this person who did write this couldn't be a, a Hebrew or a Jew, because there is so much clues over there that, uh, that um, it, does, it is not written by a Hebrew. And I have to tell you, why would one of the most prolific letter of New Testament lacks such a crucial information. The, it doesn't say who wrote this letter. Why? Because Paul wrote all the letters. He always writes, this is from, I am writing this. Or somebody is writing for me. But why it is strange that this masterpiece among the epistles, author should be anonymous. It seems that it was intentionally withheld. There is a possibility if Priscilla was the author, since many during that period may have rejected that letter because it was written by a woman. Do you know what I'm saying? So because uh, that paternal society may not accept what she wrote, so she did not, she purposely maybe withheld her name. That's what they believe now. And also another clue is this author has contact with the believers in Italy, talks about everything. I'm not going to go and read all the verses, but I just want to tell you there is a, there is a possibility she is, she wrote this letter. You might wonder why we need to know that, but I just, at the end, I will tell you what a great woman she is. That's why I bring all this. And Priscilla's homeland is Italy was Italy, which was mentioned in Hebrews chapter 13, 4. The author said she was from Italy. It says, it gives the clue. 
and the, the, the author is well acquainted with Timothy. All that clues are in Hebrews, the book of Hebrews if you study well. And another thing we can see that the language indicates that the author was well educated. It was written in sophisticated Polish Greek of an upper class educated person which would be consistent with Priscilla's noble heritage in Rome. Who was she? Archaeological evidence points that Priscilla being a relative of Pudens, a Roman senator who was one of the Apostle Peter's converts mentioned in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 21. If such were the case, it would not only Priscilla's access to higher learning, but also clarifies Hebrew chapter 3 verse 3. Chapter 2 verse 3. It also indicates that she and her family first heard the gospel from Peter who knew the Lord personally. Another clue is really, is really touched me. There are many clues, but I'm going to skip some of it. And uh, I want to tell you that another clue really touched me is, it favors a female author is repeated reference to women in the faith, famous faith chapter in chapter 11. I want you to, I, I know many of you know about Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11 is called Hall of Faith, right? And many, many people are mentioned there from Old Testament and um, you can read that. But in that, that Hebrews 11 highlights Sarah, by faith, even Sarah, who post childbearing age, she was enabled to children, enabled to have a child because she considered him, God, as faithful. No other epistles say that about, we always give the credit to who? Abraham is the father of faith. But she makes sure, whoever this author is, he wrote about Sarah. So we know that it has to be a woman who write about women more, they give it a little more importance. And also it highlights, it doesn't talk about anything, in chapter 11 never talk about Joshua. But it talks about Rahab, who did the, who hit the spies. She also, over there we can see that the author falls to mention, fails to mention the great prophets Elijah and Elisha, but really mentioned about who? Uh, the ladies, two ladies, the widow of Sarapheth and Shunammite woman in verse 35. So what is that shows, my dear brothers and sisters? It seems the author purposefully emphasizes the fact that women of Old Testament demonstrated faith just as much as men. Hallelujah. Only a female author would be sensitive to such a detail. And moreover, the author gives a particular attention to the humanity and compassion of Christ. The aspect would appeal more notably to a woman's heart. You know, women are more com compassionate. They were born and built as more compassionate. For example, Christ was fully human. And remember on chapter 4, it talks about how Jesus was cried and he got a compassionate heart. Just like as he was human, he can understand our weakness. She specifically mentioned that whoever, the author was specifically mentioned that, that because you can identify with us. Hallelujah. God, our 
savior can identify with women that's what she was mentioning over there i believe that's what really convinced me she might be the other but that is not um, that is not all i wanted to talk about her there is so much things we can learn from her so six times there are six times aquila and priscilla was mentioned in the bible priscilla was listed first in four of them instead of her husband placing a female first was deviation from cultural form at that time in roman never say that they never address wife first before the husband but in this four times when the epistles is written by paul or luke it's always written what it was written her name four times so i was wondering why paul did that or why luke did that but why there is a deviation some places some places it is aquila and priscilla according to theologians when couple was introduced in general aquila's name was first but when the when the couple was referred to a ministry context priscilla's name was listed first hallelujah that shows that she was very much interested in ministry hallelujah glory to god i am very happy to hear even early church there was women ministers hallelujah i will tell you why i am saying all these things at the end and also and i also want to encourage the the audience the congregation today who are women who are so capable can be a minister or can be doing something for the lord don't just sit on the bench you can do something for the lord that's why i'm sharing this hallelujah glory to god when apollos you know apollos was the pastor of corinthian church we can read that when apollos was introduced in acts chapter 18 verse 26 suggesting that priscilla possessed the dominant ministry and leadership skills than aquila in other words she had more leadership skills than her husband hallelujah the author of acts that was luke you know the the doctor luke a polished greek author careful and accurate would not break literary traditions without a purpose luke was so impressed with priscilla that he listed her name first intentionally an ancient scholar says that the luke does not do this without a reason luke must see a greater godliness in her hallelujah and she was a great teacher also if you really read and learn from the bible about her she took apollos this pastor an eloquent man and powerful in scriptures but knowing only in the baptism of john she instructed him the way of the lord and made him a teacher and brought to the completion though men dominated first century culture Priscilla proved herself to be an exemplary teacher as she explained to Apollos the way of God more adequately. This was no small task for Priscilla because Apollos was a graduate of the renowned schools of Alexandria, Egypt. He was the most eloquent and popular speaker in the early church. But only thing he didn't know the real baptism he only knew the baptism of john the baptist so he has she took him on the side she took him in home and explained to him what is right 
what is the right baptism see she was the he was the most eloquent and popular speaker but he respected the intelligence and piety of priscilla the tent maker he gladly received the instruction from her hallelujah thus priscilla was a gifted leader who was affirmed by many notable men in the bible like luke apollos and apostle paul apostle paul lived in her house as i told you 18 months and taught bible in the surrounding area and that's the way a church was group the church was formed there and i can believe that a pastor who lives with you for four and a half years it's not a small task for a woman to be have a a man who will or a pastor will stay with you for one and a half year this is a woman that's me who did uh, many people stayed in my house many pastors from all over the world i know how tedious how how much labor behind it so i know this she was very good in hospitality she was a great woman of good hospitality she showed her hospitality as i noticed there is no indication she had any children but she showed interest in bringing up great men of god you don't have to be have your own children but you can still bring great men of god hallelujah hallelujah yet you can influence outside of your family yes in romans chapter 16 we can still see priscilla and aquila as co-workers who risked their lives for paul and paul really thanked them and be grateful to them every time he write according to tradition she was martyred for preaching the good news besides martyrdom priscilla made a great sacrifice for the sake of gospel after being expelled from home and establishing you know they had a tent making business in corinth they were expelled from rome if you really learn what happened in their life and then they had a great business in corinth they could enjoy that business income and financial security but that's not what they did but after 18 months in corinth priscilla and aquila was too great for her there was they were constantly on the move for the gospel willing to risk everything and trusting god to provide her discernment and maturity we can learn so much from her Priscilla also exemplifies a woman who embraced her gifts and used them wisely. Ladies use your gifts wisely. She was a gifted teacher, yes. She was confident enough in her learning. She was not intimidated by Apollo's educational background nor by the fact that she he was a man. proving that a woman can be just as intellectually capable as a man yet still uniquely feminine what is that mean do you get what i'm saying you can still teach you can still instruct if god give you that gift hallelujah she discerned that apollos limited knowledge could harm the church because he was speaking in ephesus church but rather rebuking him publicly she invited him to their home and explained to him the way of the lord 
she used her gifts to edify and encourage hallelujah she did not publicly said oh you did you said some wrong theology he took her privately to home and then he teach him what to do many times we lack that we lack that discernment especially as women amen hallelujah if she wrote the epistle of hebrews intentionally withheld her name as the author she had a greater concern for building the body of christ than inflating her own reputation do you know she can put because nobody else written write as epistle on those days so if she write such a great letter and epistle she could put her name and inflate her name she could say oh i am a great woman i know look at the, read my epistles she could do that that's not the idea of writing that letter she was thinking about if she wrote that letter her idea is to kingdom will be built hallelujah and uh, her humility and wisdom is the finest she was also a team player in addition to her willingness to sacrifice priscilla demonstrates the concept of team ministry by partnering with her husband priscilla and aquila are a positive example of a team ministry i know number of in this church number of uh, couples are capable to have that team ministry they were never mentioned apart from one another except luke was talking about aquila about the beginning of his ministry they were an ultimate team the alternating names of priscilla and aquila in scripture it shows that the mutuality of the couple's ministry relationship nobody was upset her husband was in upset because her name was coming first and i i want to say a few things about um, this man her husband also they were interchangeable collegial partners priscilla's team mindset did not end with her husband she valued teamwork and labored closely with other saints like paul and timothy she can take on the world and she she was an example for a valuable reminder to the independent minded woman who thinks she can take on the world as a lone ranger the body of christ was designed for interdependence my dear brothers and sisters priscilla's value of teamwork stretch beyond the ministry into the home as her relationship with aquila her husband exemplifies true mutuality in the marriage hallelujah if you really learn about the couple ministry priscilla and aquila lived in their marriage as a team they mutually shared authority and responsibility and they valued and accepted each other's gifts so there is no indication there was a competitive uh, competition there they valued and they complimented each other's gifts hallelujah and their efforts it takes a secure man to share authority and responsibility with his spouse even allowing her to be promoted beyond him in ministry without fearing his masculinity would be threatened i want to talk about that the men of uh, husbands they were he was not threatened because his wife was really a minister there if she was counted 
a better minister than him. It didn't bother him. There was no competition. They were working together. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Aquila was such a man. I applaud Aquila, the husband, for the love for his wife and the love for the people of God. So it made me, made me think, it is a, it is made for a marriage strong enough to withheld exile, constant transition, financial upheaval, persecution, and working together on a daily basis. They were working together on a daily basis, but there was no fight over there. What a great team. Hallelujah. I wish I knew this earlier. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I wish and pray that the example of Aquila and Priscilla would be emulated and followed in Gateway and in all churches. Priscilla's legacy provides encouragement to women today who can learn from her example of sacrificing everything for the sake of gospel. Hallelujah. Priscilla shines as a bright example of a woman of God used in leading the early church. She played a role in establishing major congregants and perhaps penned even a Hebrews as a masterpiece. Her legacy is all the more monumental considering her labors were in the context of the male-dominated society. Yet, she still earned the esteem of her male counterparts. In other words, she was still looked as such a great person, a great woman in that early church. So what is stopping us today? May the church today learn from her example of her seal for the Lord, her intellectual strength, tempered with wisdom, a team mindset, and mutuality in the marriage relationship. Hallelujah. Now I want to come to some things that uh, we'll be talking about. I know some of people who are listening might be thinking that, oh, no, we don't know she wrote that epistle. But I gave you some arguments for the sake of the argument, not to say, not completely fully telling that she is the writer. But there are reasons in theologians now thinking that she was the writer. Hallelujah. See, women were not allowed on the stages in my early days. I remember the first time when my husband invited a woman guest speaker in the 80s. You know, we had an Indian church for a convention. The pastors in the city, the Indian pastors in the city protested it by not sitting on the stage with her. This is 1980s. But it didn't stop the crowd. On second day, the pastors agreed to sit on the stage because of the lack of the space. We got a big crowd. Hallelujah. So it was not easy for me as a Malayali woman preaching in the church. I'm standing on the pulpit and preaching. It's not easy. I didn't come from that background. But my husband... My husband always encouraging women leaders. Hallelujah. If my husband didn't encourage me, I would be still sitting on the pews or making coffee for the people. Hallelujah. I want to thank God for great husbands we have. I want to encourage the husbands who are here. Please encourage your wife. Find out what are their gifts. You can find out what their gifts. And you can see, you live with them. Hallelujah. The Moses, when he was born, you see that 
his parents found out he was some his child was a special child it was a parents who found out and hid him in the nile river hallelujah you can see the parents can't see where the child going to be oh hallelujah especially a parent who are praying a praying parents will become prophets that's what they say they can prophet prophesy over your child hallelujah glory to god as world is changing so rapidly church should use their god given wisdom to move in the right path hallelujah it is time for people women should get up and start doing some ministry hallelujah i why am i saying this because god pushed me to say it it was so hard to talk about it but i wanted to talk about it dear ladies time is so precious i'm 63 years old i want to share and impart my talents and my whatever i learned i want to impart to some younger people who can share and he can take it to the world maybe i am limited but i want you to do that that's why i'm sharing this oh time is so precious when you get to 60s you will know time is very short use your time productively try not to congest your time to post selfies and slashing others in social media you are putting yourself down not the others use your talents wisely if you have extra time volunteer in a non profit organization get to need volunteers please see me after you finish here today we need volunteers everyone affected by time and change look at your picture 5 years ago how you look and you look today there is a change we all changed who are plans our time and designs change will change our future therefore who will decide your future we can't put an unrighteous man in power and demand righteousness for us defeat the church defeat of the church today is church does not plan correctly our theology is escape rather than change the earth our hope is rapture believe me we i am looking forward for the second coming of christ i am but jesus said while you are on the earth you are the salt of the earth while you are on the earth you are the light of the world churches today we are conditioned to live in a world where we never lived so we can't affect the world we live in this is the words of miles monroe the late miles monroe one of my respected pastor that i watch i saw him personally also in a convention so i know him he died he and his wife died in a plane crash 2014 but his message is still on youtube in youtube we say we don't get involved in the world the church say that oh we are christians we don't get involved in the world so world got involved in the church and it affect our churches today where was church in america when a person said to court take the prayers out of the schools where was church in america when a woman said to court that i'm going to kill my baby in the womb in my womb church was planning their departure in the meantime all other entity of the society has a plan except the church 
those entity has a plan to affect influence and control and change our society muslims and hindus have an agenda and plan to influence our society even rainbow coalition has a plan for next 50 years to take over the culture of our society if you don't plan our values someone will plan our life on their values hallelujah current events is to drag to that direction you we all live in uh, new york we are new york i love new york when my parents moved to texas i still lived here they all my brothers moved i didn't leave because i loved new york i was next year i'll be living in this state for 50 years so i loved new york i didn't want to leave but look what is happening to us now it's not the same on like 70s best example is our own government let me tell you a few things that i saw in channel 12 news this week in our now uh, before that i want to say in a show avenue school just few blocks from here in our elementary school children were taught that they can decide their gender when they grow up what happened to the parents how much respect they have for their parents in channel 12 news you can still see it 10th graders in long island schools to fill a survey about they are participating oh yes i cannot even mention that in the church background but i am saying you could go and check it out oh yes according to channel 12 news they gave a survey for the 10th graders which we don't even discuss as adults recreational marijuana is legal in new york our young people can be addicted so our young people can be addicted and destroy their future that's our government how dare our government decide for our children hallelujah was government with me when i went through morning sickness was this government help me with my labor pains was this government help me to change diapers of my kids did they help me in the sleepless nights that when i was feeding the baby they were not there now who gave them the authority to decide on my children hallelujah no one should change our values without our permission no one should change our values without our permission see church joined their agendas and it become like church is corrupting the city now you heard about all the scandals going on in the churches in the meantime church surrendered and church became a scorn abuse attacks and face powerful criticisms nobody wanted young people don't want to hear about the church they all left the church it's like you are a criminal if you are a pastor who preaches against sin world is bold to talk to church anyway they feel like they lost the respect for the church church is used as a social pawn to give credibility to secular society's agenda i want to mention this people use the church for their agendas to bless their babies dedicate the babies to bless their marriages to bless their homes bless their businesses and get the votes and pray for sickness then they are nowhere to be found 
Church use this opportunity also. Give our accounts in the last day of the year. They read the report, this many baby dedications we did here. We did many baptisms, this many baptisms. We did this many marriages in here. But where are they now? Pastor is sending tests on Saturday evenings to remind everyone, hope to see you on Sunday. Listen, if you don't attend the church, you are not qualified to talk about church. Hallelujah. If you are not attending the church, you are not qualified to talk about church. Do you know church has answers to all the problems in New York City? Church should be ultimate crime stopper in the society. Jesus requires us to change so we can initiate change. We should advise the world how change can be done. Now we are all sitting in the cave. We don't know what to do. Church didn't do their job. And I want to talk about one church that uh, in New York City. You all know about Hillsong Church, right? In Australia, my husband was there one time. In Australia, it was a powerful, Pentecostal, charismatic church which attracted thousands of young people. They even had uh, 30 locations. One of the locations was in Manhattan, Hillsong Church. I don't know how many of you know about it. Hillsong Church contributed powerful, inspiring, wonderful worship and songs. And uh, great, when celebrities were going to their church, like uh, Justin Bieber and Chris Pratt, there are celebrities where the members of that church in Manhattan. It began in the 80s with the 30 people in a school hall in Sydney, Australia, and grown like a worldwide movement. 13,000 weekly attendees in 21 nations. The goal of Hillsong Church was stay current. Listen to this. The Hillsong Church goal was stay current. In other words, they want to be just like now. They want to make sure the, the kids are attracted to it. In, they, were, they want to stay current. Somebody who went there said level of energy in the Lord is the highest when you attend the service there. When the level of energy, you know, you see all those people are standing and singing in the worship there. They, they have tremendous worship. But what happened when they come out of the church? Do you have that level of energy? Hallelujah. Don't get me wrong. When we are coming to worship, we have an emotion and we will, we do enjoy. There is a height there. You don't have to, uh, like uh, one day, um, I forgot the pastor's name. He said, yes, he is the most high. Hallelujah. You don't have to get high in drugs, on drugs. He is, God is the most high. Hallelujah. See, their contemporary style of worship attracts young people from all over the world. Many of the great songs that we sing today is from Hillsong. Remember Shout to the Lord by Darlene Shack Has a smoke room by the church or the people who wants to smoke. They want to accommodate them. You cannot accommodate these things in the church. Hallelujah. Social drinking, drinking was allowed by leaders because the leaders drink alcohol. The worship leaders, his name is, he was, he was fired, but his name was George Canfield. 
He was a gay couple. Pastor Carl Lenz of the, the pastor of that church considered as a celebrity pastor. Did you ever see him? Celebrity. He walked with the celebrity. He was interviewed in many channels. He always wear trendy clothes to attract all the young people. But he got fired. He, he got fired also because of many accusations against him. And the senior pastor, Brian Houston, who was in Australia, was resi- he resigned afterwards. What happened to such a movement? They, they meant well when they started it. They meant well. My dear brothers and sisters, I was, wa- thousands of young people are uh, astray from their faith now. They left their faith. They recognized this church was operated by hypocrisy. My concern is for thousands of young people who left their faith. If they were rooted in the word, they wouldn't leave their faith. But a loose church, an interviewer said this, a loo- but it was considered as a loose church. Like this, may have very knowledge from the word of God. So they couldn't stay in faith. Hallelujah. My heart cries out for those people. See, Galatians chapter 3 verse 3 says, Apostle Paul says to the church of Galatia, Are you foolish? Having given by the, having begun by the spirit, now being perfected by the flesh. Hallelujah. Yes, these churches were started with a spiritual purpose, but they wanted to perfect it by the flesh. That's not going to happen. God is seeing everything. God is not mocked. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look what these Christians did. They may have started with the spirit, but they ended up in flesh. Because they were trying to make it perfect for people. How rude. Name of the Lord is profaned among nations because of this kind of people. Psalms 50 verse 21, I didn't, I don't know, I put it there. The Lord says, how did you cast my words behind you? These things you have done, I, I kept silent. So you thought I was like you. But I will rebuke you. I set them before my eyes and no one will deliver. Oh, when we come and we are calling ourselves as Christian, let us have a fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. Dear brethren, be perfected by spirit. Did you hear what's happening in Osbury University, Kentucky? He just mentioned, my husband was talking about it today. On a regular chapel service at 8 o'clock in the morning, very few were there maybe. On February 8th, in Christian college students were praying before their classes. It turned out to be a spontaneous revival. Hallelujah. The students started crying out to God and confessing sins and worshipping nonstop. Nobody was a celebrity there. I saw the pictures. Nobody looked like a celebrity there. They were all on their knees crying out to God. Hallelujah. That's real revival. Hallelujah. CBN once saying that there is a cloud over, over Kentucky. People were wondering what it is. Holy Spirit moves in a mighty fashion. Oh, glory to God. This revival happened in a college campus of a reformed Presbyterian or Wesleyan church, Wesleyan college. 
not in a charismatic pentecostal church that we all proud of pentecostals we need to learn something from those young people god is not respecter of a person hallelujah what is a revival it is a movement of god upon the hearts of people where holy spirit is drawing them to genuine repentance and grow in grow in grace of holy living dear brethren this is what we need in america more than ever we need it in new york city people are hungry and thirsty for god before i close i wanted to tell you that you remember that uh, football field the I, i forgot his name damlin the football uh, the one of the player who had a cardiac arrest in the field and uh, immediately or after that the commentator was praying the tv right and you know he didn't even know what to say he said i don't know am i doing this right in front of you i don't know i'm going to be criticized for this but he did he did and the whole world was watching is he going to recover because we don't know pray can do things but he is he recovered oh hallelujah if the people and who are working with me even talking about it prayer can change things my dear the only prayer i heard when i heard that he is the commentator say that my god show your glory show your glory and say that lord that boy has to be healed to know for your name sake and yes he was healed he was healed yes so i am telling you this i believe all the people who were why millions of people were watching that when he was praying i believe god was setting a stage for the for the coming revival hallelujah hallelujah i want to tell you this week friday we got a few people here to pray few people were here few like maybe six people seven people i was sitting there crying i don't know when i woke in here i started crying i don't know why i'm sitting there crying but the benny very senior was walking around crying with the kapil mr kapil walking around and crying louis louis is in the back i think he was crying he was on the floor crying we don't know why we are crying we just crying to the lord we are not praying for bless me bless me we know something to cover the holy spirit was moving mightily with a few people in the church crying out my lord that's what the you see in the display of the worship today it is not what man's made worship it was a prayer we were all crying here my dear brothers and sisters even if you have something to do put that on the side and come to church on friday night you know i i'm the, i was the one who left early than anybody here that day because i had to go to work at 5 o'clock in the morning but everybody was still there louis couldn't open his eyes even when i left he was still praying hallelujah i remember sister devadi pray for a long time friday wow there was something to cover us and we prayed yes it is catchy revival is catching in a different church all the church is going to feel it only if we are ready to accept it only we are ready to repent Only we are ready to move on with the holy living. Hallelujah. 
In closing, as I mentioned, everyone has a share to redeem our nation in our society, on our city. I remember when on Wednesday night when we praying, we say praying, pray for our city, pray for our nation. Very few people take time to pray, but I want you to pray for our city. It's, it's time for us to stop us praying for ourselves and bless me, give me this, give me that, pray for our city. Everything will change when we pray. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, I know my time was up, but I do have to say this before I close. I know my husband took a little extra time of mine. So I'm going to say just two minutes. I heard this story that, uh, there was a there was a parent who had a prodigal son means the son who doesn't listen to them they were praying parents they were christian parents but what happened is this boy had so many friends who was drinking or whatever he was doing he left the house he was the only child and he left the house and parents don't know where they are they wrote the, he never wrote a letter or anything until after a couple of years he wrote a letter to mom and dad saying that I would love to see you if you want to. to. If you still consider me as your son, because I did so many bad things. But if you consider me, do you want to see me? Please put a flag. There was a tree. You know, he was going to come by the train and there is a big tree over there. By They live very close to the train station. And there is a big tree there. Put some white uh, handkerchiefs or some you know, some clothes on it to make sure. So when I pass by, I know you really want me to come back. Oh, hallelujah. You know what these parents did? They put all hundreds of white clothes on that tree. In case they miss one. Hallelujah. In case he missed one. He don't want them to miss coming back home. I'm talking to backslidden churches. It's time for to come back home. Our God gave us many, many signs. Many times, many signs for us to come back. Wasn't COVID enough for us as a warning to come back. But what really touched my heart about the revival, I saw in Osbury that God still cares for us. God still cares for us. He's still a sovereign God. He's still in charge. No matter what this government do, what this world is doing, God is still in charge. He's a sovereign Lord. He wants us to come back. Why did that happen in a little chapel, a little revival there? Because God still wants to be in our life. Oh, churches to come back. Oh, I pray that our churches will come back. I pray our people will come back to the Lord. It is time for repenting. It is time for start our holy living. Oh, hallelujah. May the Lord bless you with these words. Hallelujah. Stand up with me all over this place, please. You know, the foundational scripture for revival is Second Chronicles 7.14. Very familiar verse to all of us. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and turn away from their evil ways. I will visit their land and I'll heal their land. Listen, there is hope for America. If all the American churches make up their mind to spend more time in prayer, 
That's the only thing they had to do. There's hope for America. What God has started in Kentucky can spread to all over the world. You know, some of the global revivals actually started in America and it went all across the world. Even Pentecostal revival, Pentecostalism, you know that it started on in Azusa Street in California, Los Angeles. But now it's a global phenomenon. One out of every eight person in the world is a Pentecostal. So God can start with the little sparks and then God can just flame it, you know, just find the flame. So I want you to start praying, Lord, change me, use me, give me a desire to see your glory and God will do it. Amen. I just want to touch on one thing, but the world will not always accept it. We heard about uh, this uh, football player, Damar from uh, Buffalo Bills. You know, that uh, ESPN analyst was praying, and we were shocked to see somebody on ESPN praying for a football player. But you know what happened? At that time, everyone accepted it because everyone was so scared about this young man. But in the Super Bowl halftime show, I think it was during the halftime show, when this young man was brought to the front to recognize him and introduced him to the world, he was wearing a Jesus T-shirt, and it became a big offense. So many people were making negative comments about that. He offended me by wearing a Jesus t-shirt. This kid who was dead and came back. So you cannot go by what the world say. Amen. So you have to take your stand as a child of God. And commit yourself into the hand of God. And, uh, and God will take care of the rest. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this beautiful Sunday morning. Thank you Lord for your awesome presence among us. Continue to move among us, O Lord. Come, O Lord. Take charge. Visit us. Don't just visit us. Stay with us. Even as we leave from here this time. Father, let your presence stay with us throughout this week. Let the fire that was kindled here this morning, let it stay with us throughout this week. Keep drawing us to you, O Father. Keep increasing the hunger in our hearts for you, O Lord. Father, I pray that uh, the revival come, will come to this church. The revival will come to every family in this church. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. The people whom we see regularly and people whom we do not see regularly. Lord, let every one of us be touched by your spark. Yes. Father, use us. Use us as a catalyst yes. to start your move in this part of the world. Take us into your hands, O Father. Mold us. Conform us to your plans. And may we be all used by you. Father God, we still need you. Even as we leave from here, we pray that your presence will go with us. Watch over us throughout this week. And bring us back safely into your presence again. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.